hauntings and mayhem, Samhain is here. The goblins and demons are not all we fear, for children are running amuck through the streets. Filthy small beggars demanding their treats. Or trick us, they say? Those wee dirty beasts. This night isn't over till sun rises east. So up until then, we will help satisfy the spirits both dead and those still alive. Vampires, witches, angels, and freaks. It's our holiday. We'll make them all shriek. Zombies and heroes, werewolves and queens, till death do us morrow tonight's Halloween. Welcome to our Halloween special. <laughs> Do you like, you love this stuff, don't you? Oh, yeah. Super hey, Toadie. I wish people could see this. Like, my black cat, my little familiar sitting amongst your besom, our tarot cards, our oracle mm-hmm. cards, yeah. next to a smudge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pure magic table. Pure magic. It's an altar. I think every table in my house is an altar. Every table. I <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm like, if it's a surface, it's Everyone's got something like, on oh, it. Everyone's like, oh, I like your oh, coffee table. I oh. go, you mean my altar? You yeah, found your nice. feather. I know. Respectful. I like it. I do love that they don't destroy Mm-mm. our magical tools. They're oh, like, no. They're very, like, my crystals, they don't knock anything over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, this is special. This has This has magic in it. I smell it. I see it. She did. Nope, maybe not that though. <laughs> We're gonna start. Okay. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the Coven of Two. Although it, right now it appears to be a Coven of Four with Toad and Daisy joining us this week. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be our Halloween special. All about the black cats, the witches, mm-hmm. all the fun stuff we're going to talk about. And flying brooms. This is our time. Mm-hmm. And it really is. I love this time of year. Um, as much as I love summer, I'm a summer person, totally. But the crisp, the crispness and the yeah. colors and... Yes. Oh, it's just, if, if winter wasn't coming afterwards, it would be perfection. This I is, know. This is my jam. I think I had this conversation with someone before where I was like, listen... We could live in a perpetual state of fall. Yeah. I would. Like, I'm all about hot girl autumn. <laughs> hot girl autumn, exactly. Hot girl autumn, sweatshirt season. Right? But like, you know that nice rusty orange. Oh, yeah. Oh, that mustardy sweater. color is in style mm-hmm. right now. Very nice. Boots. Oh, high boots with mm. the jeans. Mm-hmm. The Han Solo Tight look. jeans. Yeah. I know. Han Solo ain't got nothing on these buns, huh? Yeah, I was mm. built for more this outfit than, than the bikini outfit. I think that's what I was made for. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> but that don't stop me from rocking a bathing suit. No, no. I do love summer. Like... Oh, sorry, Daisy me. Sorry, baby. <laughs> summer is fun. Summer is great. Um, you know, but there's something about Fall. And the way the sun just... comes through the colors of the leaves oh. on the tree. I know. It's just magic. It is. It really is. <laughs> Do you believe in magic? Just Obviously. A bit. Just a bit. <laughs> oh, I love Oh, you got more? Is this new? Of course you got new cards. But I like this one. Getting into the vortex yes. cards. I definitely have to sound slightly sexual, so I like it. So no. it's also it's My... um Yeah, go ahead. So 
yes, they're new, whatever. <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything okay, this week this about it. Okay, this is new. <laughs> this is new. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is not new. Nope, I've seen but, that one. Okay, all right. I've had conversations with Spirit, and I've said no more for the year. Although oh, oh. I have a couple that I've already year. ordered. But those like, don't count. Those, those are still don't this count. year. They're still this year. They were so Kickstarter funny. projects that I backed. Go Kickstarter if anyone, you know, if you don't know about it, Kickstarter is um, a platform where creatives Mm -hmm. um, are able to launch their projects and get backing and funding from people. I know. And I was able to go on there and just find some really cool stuff. There are things that I've gone on there and I'm like, oh my God, I really love this deck, but Spirit's like, but I'm like, I know I don't need it, but I think it's really super cool. And you know there, like there is like I found electronics on there that I wanted to back, and then homie was like six hundred dollars, and I was Ooh. like, oh, sorry, damn, <laughs> I didn't find a corner to stand I actually on. get these two. These two really, I'm feeling these two a lot. Hay House and Hay House, and I get these when Hay House have their ten dollars sales. Oh, sweet. So it's not like I I'm buying out here like oh twenty dollars. I was gonna $30. say some of these decks can be twenty thirty bucks. Yeah, seventy eighty bucks. So I when, mean, whenever a hay house have their ten dollar deck sales or fifty percent off sales or seventy five percent sales, like I just watch the site and I get that's where I get my decks. So I don't. So since we just mentioned those two places, so it's Kickstarter. Kickstarter, yeah, it's the app. You can get it, um, Android and um the Apple App Store, but Kickstarter is the name of it. And then heyhouse.com, that's online. Like H-E-Y house. H-A-Y. H-A-Y. Hey house. Yeah, it's a publishing company. Very nice. They are not sponsored. They will be, but definitely. But shout outs, yeah, Shout out to them. They're a really great place to get. Anytime we can find a place to get new tools that we feel I yeah. love it. I love it. I totally want to And just because it. something's $10 doesn't mean I buy it because there are decks that I'm just like, oh my God, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Okay. Scroll. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what these two, for, these two really, I like these two. And you I know, haven't had Oracle decks really call to me much. You know why I got this one? So Esther and Jerry Hicks. So Esther Hicks came across my YouTube feed and she channels an ascended master Abraham. And... When I first started, when I first started listening to her, I literally like I watched this woman go meditate and go into her meditative state, and you have to believe, right? And you have to trust your intuition. And when I started listening to her, I connected to the message. I'm not saying I connected to the person; it's mm-hmm. the message, and. Watching her, observing her, and listening to the message several different times, I came out of it and I said, okay, I receive it. And then it was a course of six months where that message slowly trickled into my life in different outlets through different people and different opportunities. And then like late this year, I go on Hay House and I see these cards and it's like getting into the vortex. And I literally said it combines everything that I know to be true intrinsically within me about spirituality, the great unknown that is the universe and ascended masters, higher beings, and how I understand 
universal power. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get into it, too. We'll get yeah. into that deck. Um, and it's relationship cards, too, mm-hmm. specifically, yeah. this one. Yeah, and it's not just, like, man-woman-like. Oh, no, or, yeah. It's, like, relationships with other, with other people. Yeah. Yeah, cards. I like this mm-hmm. one. All right, excellent. So, um, what uh, what is your topic today for our Halloween special? My topic today is Bessums. What is a witch without her broom? What is a witch without her Oh, it's not bosoms? Tools? Not bosoms. I mean, we, we, we got have bosoms. Bessums, bessums. Bessums, yes. That is the witch's broom. That is the witch's broom, but you know what? It's everyone's broom. Everyone without knowing has a besom in their house. Mm-hmm. However, how do you utilize your besom? That mm-hmm. is the difference. I love that. And you brought your beautifully decorated besom. Yeah. I have a few in the house. I have, what, four? Yeah. Five. Some I, use, some I use literally and some I just use for mm-hmm. to have around the house. Yeah. And one's a cinnamon broom you bought me. Yeah. So, which smells lovely. So I so mine's are cinnamon brooms. This one, particular one, I've had for a year and it's dried out. The okay. other two, I still smell it though. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, I still, yeah, it hasn't. The yeah. other two, I'm about to take out the bag and hang out different places in my house. But this one, I'm slowly going to decorate. But this, this is my, this is my baby. Yeah, I love that. Um, you mentioned how Toady the familiar, like they don't destroy mm-hmm. our altar objects. I mean, there's feathers on this, mm-hmm. and he just, he just was like, oh. It's your best. I mean, sniffed it. You know, he wants to check it out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, a cat with a feather toy, like really, like not batting at it. No, nothing. he was so respectful. I'm so yeah. proud of the little he dude. He came. He sniffed the feather. He yeah. looked at it and then gently stepped over it. Yep. And <laughs> then, they're like, so they're came so and delicate. Stretched on your papers like these. Yeah. My notes. I don't <laughs> okay. care. I'll fuck with them. He's like, but I'm not going to mess with the bezel. He's like, no, this is different because without even knowing, because before I, I um. Oh, do you need a um, tray for your smoke and your ash? Oh, Sorry. it's going to just leave it in here. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah, that works. Um, before, without knowing fully, right, I just, I followed my, I followed my guides. I followed my gut. I just followed the energy and it was like, it's time to decorate it. And I went and I got stuff. And when I was done with it, I looked at it and I looked at my altar and I just, pl- I laid it on my altar. I laid, um bigger crystals and gems that I have on it the side of it <laughs> and I, I rested it on my altar I dedicated it but I'm going to now that I've read more I'm going to anoint it and I'm mm-hmm. going to fully yeah in all honesty you had talked about decorating um your besom and I almost was going to start doing it and then I I, you mentioned you might do this topic at some point mm-hmm. and I was like no because whenever we do a topic and then we learn more about it we're like damn you know, it just changes kind of your perception of yeah. of what you knew and then adding the, the knowledge to it. So it's like, I'm going to yeah. wait and see what you say, because I think that's going to really influence yeah. what I do with it. So I'm I'm excited. So I have my yeah. bare, my, my bare naked besom yeah. up there waiting. So yeah, that'll be something we do maybe next week when yeah. I get to decorate it. All right. and, uh, and my topic is literally the title of the episode. I am going mm-hmm. to be talking about Halloween, mm-hmm. uh, Samhain, and Samhain. just... Just the general fall festivities of things that we do, mm-hmm. that people do knowingly, unknowingly, mm-hmm. um, and you know where it all came from. I find, I find history fascinating, and especially when it comes to anything to do with witchcraft and whatever, and how things evolved 
Um, so yeah, so that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm very excited, and I have um, a kind of disturbing poem to share at the end, but I'm I think it's going to be good. And then I guess yeah. we're going to which decks might you delve into later? I think I'm going to definitely do a reading. Yes, definitely. Um, um but, so. Because you got four here. <laughs> and I don't know why I was just told to grab them. So I yeah. think as we go through, um, we will see. We may just take one card from each. Okay. Because, so this is, mm -hmm. this doesn't come with a guide, but the um, getting, getting into the vortex, it's like when you pick the card, what you need is on the card to read, it, right? It, okay. So it's self-explanatory. Yeah. So it's not a card that you like. You'll pull, do a whole pull with. These are cards that when you pick them, they're more for guidance, right? So these may be like guidance cards. Okay. I if like I do do a pull, okay. I'll probably do a three-card pull, interchanging between. The Crystal Medicine Oracle deck and the Oracle of the Fairies deck. Okay. Because it is Halloween. It is. And I'm just gonna use my old standby. Actually it's Gawain. <laughs> Let's Sorry. I wanna I wanna start Well it's, it's uh, that's why I'm yeah. talking about it. Because it's really it's both. In fact it's even more than that. It's yeah. there's so many yeah. things that happened around the solstices yeah. that people whatever. Whatever they call it, they yeah. call it all different things. I mean Honestly, I have so much information to go over, and it could have been so much more if I wanted to get into Celts, Celtic, yeah. and Druids, and if I really wanted to dig even deeper, this is kind of just yeah. even surface, but um, fascinating. Mm -hmm. But um, I always like to find the history of why we do, do things, we why do. we do the things we do, mm -hmm. and uh, like I said, even the the cinnamon broomsticks. I mean, gosh, you can find those at Home Depot and CVS yeah. and. Yeah. Um, the witchy shit that we all, well, that we all, that we definitely do, that people do and don't know. Yeah. Um, because it's fall, and they don't, you know, right. everyone just does it, but right. now you're going to find out why. So, now you're uh, going to find out why it's important that you have these things in your homes, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So just real quick, let's <laughs> consecrate and yeah. cleanse the space. We've got the Palo, you know, Palo Santo Palo Santo, okay. and the white sage. Blessing my area. Yes. Thank you. And we just call on the ancestors to come through, through the veil. It's then we ask that you give us strength. We ask that you just open our minds to receive any information that you're going to be giving us for this podcast. We ask that, it's, that it be good and correct for all so that for the witches, the grandmares, the bebe witches, the <laughs> in-between witches, yes, <laughs> the kitchen witches, the down-low witches, mm. the apartment witches, <laughs> wherever you fall, right? Let the information that we give in our podcast, in our little chat. Let it poke you. Let it poke you. Mm, I hope we poke people. Just a poke. <laughs> Dip a toe in. You know, so we ask that you come through. Uh, so Hecate's sign just flashed in my head. Excellent. So I thank you. I thank you, Goddess, for being here with us. Um, let us do you justice. Give us what you need us to say. And let us, you know, do you honor. It's Samhain. It's Samhain. It is. Yeah. Would you like me to start? Or do you want to start? Because I'm really fascinated with your besom. I want to. Right. Do you mind? I want to hear about it. No, no, Because no. mine, I think, is just going to go on forever. <laughs> you might go home before I finish. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let me get into it. So, so I can see just for 
people, I mean, we'll take a picture, obviously. Mm -hmm. What stones do we have on our besom? So, Sorry. on the crystal quartz? No. So, not, actually, okay. I have citrine. Oh. And um, aventurine. Okay. That's that one? These, this is aventurine Oh, that is well. aventurine. Yeah. It's white with the green. Very mm -hmm. pretty. Green at the tips. And then I have the citrines. This is a very clear citrine. Yeah, That's very light. That's a darker citrine. And then... Oh, over here. I didn't even see this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Lovely. And then these are leather straps, except for at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So it's not... I'm not done decorating it as yet. It wants more, and I know it wants more. It literally keeps... it In my head, it keeps flashing that. It's like it wants me to just give it frills. Yeah, like, Ooh. it wants me to give it more almost like I would almost like create it like a like a dream catcher ish. The, I, that's what I just pictured, like yeah. all those little little tangly tanglies, little tanglies, exactly. Um, yeah, I could totally see that. Hit yeah. me that shit out. Yeah, it wants me to give it um a lot of little frills. So well, it's funny that we mentioned Toad not destroying it because I've been real. I still want to decorate my stand. That's in the, you know, mm -hmm. with the plants. And I was like, I'm afraid. I'm like, oh, if I hang feathers, my feathers and everything. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what if the cats think it's an enormous cat toy? But now that I think about it, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe they, yeah, they don't understand not to and destroy you see it. see how the feathers that I got, I got it at um, Hobby Lobby. It has those um, little things at the end. So if you do This want little to, guy here that you attached it with? All of those, yeah. Oh, okay. They, it oh, came oh, with I those see. on the end. So if you're going to. Well, I have the feathers that I found in nature. So yeah. I have to like. I'd have to rig up something to hang yeah. them off, but yeah. So that's what I mean. You could like, even if if you're you're gonna pierce a hole through it, you could mm -hmm. put something like strong to hold it like right, that. Cool. Yeah. But I liked how they did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very very nice. Hobby Lobby, no clue mm -hmm. how they support. Okay. Besoms, 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 besoms. Right. So. As always, I'm going to give, I found this information on otherworldlyoracle.com. Um, and I love the site because every time I go on here, I always find like, it, it just it jives with me, jives with my energy. I find information and I'm like, okay, you know, everybody else has bits and pieces and you seem to be the source that will give me everything together. Mm -hmm. So this one, this, um post was done on december 30th 2019 so if they want to check it out if they want to check it out it's on otherworldlyoracle.com so it's witches broom history magical uses and how to make a besom so i'm not going to go into that part but that's something lena i'll share with you later because okay. i I literally was told you and Lena are gonna make. <laughs> Definitely. So we're gonna. I think at some point we're gonna make our own bezel. But I so and they showed me because we've collected um like walking sticks. Yeah. And it showed me, like you can like literally attach the straw mm -hmm. to your walking sticks and decorate that. You know and what's like, funny is that we just um finally unpacked one last box that was in Brian's room. Yeah. And it was full of like the wand makings we had we yeah. haven't used yet. A lot of that spiral thin yeah. ivy that we found. Um, and yeah. so it's all back there, all dried. And I have it all in my dresser and I'm like, I just don't know what to do with it yet. Yeah, no, no, now I know. Now you know, exactly. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> all right, so 
for as long as there have been witches, witches have used brooms. But why? In the dark ages, many women were accused of witchcraft and a broom was a household tool women used on a daily basis. In witch trials, documents, witches who confessed to witchcraft admitted to using their brooms to fly to their sabbaths. It also said witches anointed their broomsticks with flying ointments and inserted the broomstick into their... <laughs> vaginas this topical ointment contained calucogens which resulted in witches visions of flying or potential astral projections so go back to is well, it basil basil juice mm -hmm. <laughs> right so people use basils for a lot of things i know i use basil in my anointing oil mm -hmm. so if you're using basil oil and you're ingesting it or you have don't put it in to, your pussy i'm not no. putting the basil I'm just oil telling, in telling my the whole audience like let's we're, they let's, didn't actually do they that. didn't actually do that <laughs> they were tortured they would have said anything anything okay, at that point guys remember that, that right <laughs> um but it's it just is so funny when we talk about but there is they do mention flying oil flying ointment in here and they didn't say what's in it but it i read it and it clicked right back to basil juice yes and again like it giving them that hallucinogenic high feeling flying, of flying, flying very much so the herbal mm -hmm. the herbs and the herbalists that they mm -hmm. used back then not necessarily for witchcraft and of mm -hmm. course it was twisted or even weed sometimes i'm high as a tag well yeah i am flying, flying. yeah <laughs> that's exactly where, where those terms come from so exactly all right so aside from flying ointments the witch's broom was one of the main magical purposes one has one main magical purpose and that is to purify physically we use brooms to sweep away dirt and debris magically we use brooms to sweep away negative energies in our homes and sacred spaces some traditions require a witch's broom to be dedicated solely to magical cleansing, whereas another broom is used for house cleaning, right? So if you're going to have a broom that sweeps your house, that's one thing. But if you're going to have a broom that you're going to use to purify and cleanse, you can use that to sweep away negative energies out of your home and when you're done with that you care the broom you make sure you there's no dust debris left in it you re-anoint it and then you put it back in its dedicated space it's not a daily cleaning tool right so in american folk magic the same broom is used for house cleaning and purifying a space the witch's broom can be used to cleanse your space your home and even a person or an object of negative energy. In addition, the witch's besom will function as a wand and brings prosperity and peace in one's home. So the broom literally was an extension. It's a, the wand, their purifying tool. They use it to cleanse not just a home, but also people, animals, right? They may use it to brush cows. They have these cattle. little mini besoms that are like handhelds yes. and those are what's good for when using on people. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're not just small for convenience. They're mm -hmm. actually used for that. Yeah. So how to use a witch's broom to cleanse your home. So to cleanse your home of negative energy. So take your witch's broom and start at the back door. Sweep each room moving in counterclockwise fashion from room to room. Then ending at the back door where you started. Sweep any debris out the back door or dump your dustpan out the back door. 
to dump her sweet dirt out the front door invites negative energies back in. And so I was thinking about this. I was like, all right, if you live in an apartment, where will you dump it? <laughs> if you only have one door. And in my head, I heard, dump it out your back window. I was going to say the window. Mm -hmm. Right? So dump it you don't out dump your, it in people's yeah. common area. So dump it out your <laughs> outermost back window. So dump your dustpan out in your outermost back window. For me, that would be my bedroom. I just open it, pop the screen off, and just dump. And again, um, similar to the house cleanse we talked about, mm -hmm. when like, like I use my mop, and when I use the mop for house cleansing, I'm doing it in a clockwise way, bringing mm -hmm. in, for bring me, it. bringing in positive energy. Mm -hmm. um, but the same way, well, with the mop, it is for cleaning, but with the besom, mm -hmm. it, it, you already have a broom to clean, physically clean your house. So you mm -hmm. don't have to go crazy Mm -hmm. trying to get dirt up you're mostly yeah. just getting the energy it's so the energy. even if you're not mm -hmm. even touching the floor completely yet you're picturing that negative energy yeah. being removed so and so it shouldn't have to be a yeah a big dustpan full right? of dirt sorry and so that was the next thing right oh. here it's like how to cleanse your sacred space with a bedroom so similar to how you cleanse your house with the witch's broom you can cleanse your sacred space before a ritual instead of touching the bristles to the floor sweep slightly above it and move in a counterclockwise circular pattern counterclockwise undoes things and clears negative energy right so to your point like if you've already cleaned the floor but you want to get rid of negative energy the besom doesn't have to touch the floor you're sweeping mm -hmm. in that counterclockwise energy you start in the back room you go room to room hit to the room corners to room, i feel like negative corners. energy tends to Right, get corners. your wall. Mm -hmm. If you got to mm -hmm. get cobwebs, get your, do whatever you got to do, right? But then always go back to that back room. Yeah. And even if it's to metaphorically like shape the dustpan and release the negative energies out the window, it's like smudging. You always leave a window or a door open. So that the negative energies, right? Have a place to go. Has a place yeah. to go. Now, if you're just smudging because you're smudged for to just keep it smudged. But if you're intentionally saying, I got to get that negative energy out. out mm -hmm. You got, oh, I don't care if it's the dead of winter. Yeah. Open mm -hmm. that window. Yeah. Exactly. Open that window. All right. So if you dedicate one <laughs> besom to your magical practice, keep it near your altar. Right, so I'm definitely going to have to hang this by my altar now that I know what I want to do with it. All right, so here's some old lore for the witch's broom. So if your broomstick falls over, company's coming. Jumping over a broom signifies <laughs> marital union in the old south. Never sweep under someone's feet. It causes bad luck. An invisible broom was removed from the house of Sour Good, according to the testament, testimony of William Bitten and William Shaw during the Salem Witch Trials. But how you know an invisible broom was removed, sir? Mm -hmm. So you could see invisible objects, mm -hmm. sir? Are you a wizard, sir? Okay, he I have sees, questions. He sees invisible things. All right. I think he's a witch. I think, I think he's a witch. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Poor Goody. Mm -hmm. Poor Goody. I would be like, I'm sorry, but if it was invisible and you saw it, are you a witch? I found my invisible cross. Let's let's fight. 
Right. Our invisible tools. They would have hated us. They would have just been like, just we would, kill her. We would never have survived we that would era. Not. I'd be like, I'm sorry. I got questions. Yeah, if we would have been a little ashy if at that time. If it was invisible, how, how did you see it, sir? <laughs> Answer. Explain. Okay. Oh, dear. It's like, Puritan, explain. <laughs> Some traditions say to sweep from west to east, then throw the dust out the back door. The witch's broom is used to summon winds for weather magic. Throwing a broom mm. into the air off a cliff summons the wind, while burning one stops the wind. Lay a broom under the bed for protection. There's a Chinese broom goddess who presides over we- the weather. Her name is Sao Ching Niang. The child's antique to- toy hobby horse is linked to the witch's broom. I did not know that. I did not know that either. Interesting. I found that interesting. Definitely got to look into that. Mm-hmm. The straws of her broom are thought to have magical powers and are used in healing spells. So you could take pieces of the straw and use in your healing magic mm-hmm. spells. Jumping over a broomstick nine times will bring a suitable spouse within one year. And to that point, in my culture, in, so back home in Jamaica, never sweep someone's feet. So I know they say sweep under someone's feet here, but... You never sweep someone's feet. Like when you're sweeping, you say excuse. But if you sweep someone's feet, people literally look at you like you're you mark them for death. They're like, why would you? And it's rude. It just hurts. Why the fuck would you sweep my feet? Like you could have told me to move. I was watching you. I was (laughs) doing this while you were doing that. And I was waiting for you to say excuse. And you sweep my feet. I was trying to sweep around you. Yeah. Like people have broken brooms. Like that's how you undo whatever mm-hmm. that person mm-hmm. did to you. So I break a broom. Like my mom has been pissed. Like she's broken so many brooms because people have swept her daughter's feet. And she's like, no one will ever. I can't not say I've ever had my feet swept. Oh, I've had my feet swept. My mom mm-hmm. has broken many a fucking brooms. Like she and people look at her like she's like, not my daughter's. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my mom's like, they're all getting married, not my daughter. <laughs> Oh, so it's like if you sweep someone's feet, they won't get married. That's the culture. It's like in Jamaica. So they're like, no, break the broom. Oh. Yeah. So you can sweep my feet later. No, I'm not. No. What if I beat him with a broom? You could. You and Brian could do whatever you want. (laughs) Yet again, podcast world. (laughs) My name is Bennett and I am it. Laying a broomstick across the threshold ensures only good visitors come by. You know what? Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then it goes into how to make a besom and hold on, but I, we won't go into that. But yeah, it so... seems pretty. You know, I can kind of see how they're made. It, it's it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, not easy, but like understandable. Yeah. But it's just there. I think there are certain materials that we have to get. Like mm-hmm. we can't just use regular straw. It's a type of straw. So I think the type of straw. Well, you seem to have some twigs and mm-hmm. straw mixed, mixed in with in. your with the yeah. base of your broom. Because here they said up. you have to. So you need to use raffia twine. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's a particular piece of twine. I just see regular twine on mine, like the kind you mm-hmm. can get anywhere. Right. I figured um, I'd make my smudges out of yeah. them. So that's similar. what I. That's what yeah. I thought. I was like, you raffia could... is pretty, but it's more yeah. like paper material, I think. Yeah, because they said raffia slash twine. Okay. So I was like, okay, and then let's see, and and place, and then plant material. So I guess you could use any kind of 
plant material to make your besom. It doesn't necessarily need to be... I think it's similar to wand making. I mean, yeah. if you want to look into researching what your material is made of and what it yeah. has some meaning to it, or if you're just like, hey, this is a sturdy broom. Yeah. Um, so it's up, yeah. To, it's up to you what you want to use truly to, to make your besom. Because yet again, right, what's your intention? What's the purpose of it? If you're making one because you're like i just want to make a straw broom for my house okay but if your intent is to make a a, a magical tool, tool. A magical mm -hmm. tool hey what's what are you going to use are you going to use sweet grass are you trying mm -hmm. to use mm -hmm. you could yeah definitely blend some herbs into the you know, core of uh, of your handle there you mm -hmm. can definitely get those things inside of that yeah. oh yeah because we know there's, great. <laughs> there's cinnamon in there so yeah i don't know how they I don't see cinnamon in the cinnamon brooms. I don't know how. I mean, it's probably just a fake smell, but just I love it. Just a fake it. smell. I, I love know. it. Yeah. It's so pretty. It just smells like fall, yeah. whether they want us to feel that or not. So, yep, every witch has to have their, mm -hmm. their besom. Mm -hmm. It's funny because one of the things I was going to look into was, um, you know, the typical witch, witchy shit that people dress up as a you know, costume. Mm -hmm. And usually it's a broom. Um, the witch's hat, the little pointy hat. And so I was like, where did the pointy hat come from? Because if you do actual research on which the actual witches of the past mm -hmm. people that were accused of it there's no established costume for them mm -hmm. um and it, it was interesting and also not interesting basically that whole thing started with um the wizard of oz yeah yeah the the witch's skin being green mm -hmm. uh and the witch's pointy hat mm -hmm. that because the cinematically they were one of the first movies in color mm -hmm. that's the only reason why they painted their and skin the green and the pointy and nose. it just looked yeah it just looked cinematically evil and crazy and cool and so that was like the background of like our modern witch's halloween costume and i was like well damn because i feel yeah. like if you're gonna dress up as a witch for halloween you're just gonna you know look like a serial killer you're and, gonna look like everybody else right <laughs> and here i am like everybody's like what are you going as for halloween and all my friends are going gory and stuff i'm like oh really oh i'm a sex goddess and they're like, <laughs> like yeah of course you are you're gonna wear that that purple rose around your neck oh i would I would just ding people all day long. They're like, come here. <laughs> oh, Meet that's me great. in the bathroom, kid. Oh, There's more where that came from. Yeah, we. I don't know what I'm going to no. do yet. <laughs> oh, but totally, like, I'm literally, people are going to look at me like, uh, I'm like, I'm just going to flash people. Well, hopefully just they just either, they either bow down or they run away. Oh, that's no, literally. It's like. like, I'm walking in there, like, head high, shoulders back. Yeah, tits and up. People are going to be like... <laughs> Oh, cola. I'm like, yep. it's, it's goddess <laughs> to you. Nice. And walk away. Can't wait. I definitely need a picture of you oh, in yeah. your costume. Oh, yeah. Full, full picture. It's going to go on the kinky witch teeth. And, oh, it's you're going to see. You're going to be like, yes, goddess. Mm -hmm. I mean, you give off that vibe naturally anyway, to mm -hmm. be honest. But, I, yeah, that's going to be pretty intense. Yeah. I'm not sure I can handle it. Oh, okay, so that was an excellent topic. I can't wait to get a picture mm -hmm. of your besom, and uh, like you said, you're not done decorating it yet, so no. that's going to be kind of an ongoing yes. thing, and I think I'm, uh, as we've done before, I might take a picture of our whole little environment we have going on here, because it's, it's very spiritual, very smoky, very magical. I like it. Mm -hmm. All right, so I think I'm going to start, because again, I'm talking about uh, Samhain and and or Halloween, um, they're, you know, they're celebrated around the same time. 
around the solstices uh, and we're going to talk about you know why all these things came together. There's such a huge background behind this. But starting with Samhain, which is one of the, um, I guess, more Wiccan Sabbaths. So it's a Gaelic festival marking the end of the harvest season and the beginning of winter or the darker half of the year. In the Northern Hemisphere, it is held on November 1st, but with celebrations beginning on the evening of October 31st, as the Celtic day began and ended at sunset. This is about halfway between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. It is one of the four quarter days associated with Gaelic seasonal festivals, along with Imbolc, which is in February, Beltane, and historically, it was widely observed throughout Ireland, Scotland, and the Isle of Man. A similar festival was held by the Britannic Celtic people, some, some also in Wales, Cornwall, and Brittany. So we know some of that background comes from that European mm-hmm. area. Samhain is believed to have Celtic pagan origins, and some Neolithic passage tombs in Ireland are aligned with the sunrise at the time of Samhain. Kind of like those ley lines that they have throughout mm-hmm. that whole area. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. It is first mentioned in the earliest Irish literature from the 9th century. It is associated with many important events in Irish myth- mythology. The literature Samhain was marked by great gatherings and feasts, and was when done on ancient burial mounds, they were also opened, which was seen as portals to the other world. Some of the literature also associates Samhain with bonfires and sacrifices. The festival did not begin to be recorded in detail until the early modern era, that is when cattle were brought down from the summer past pastures and when livestock were slaughtered. As at Beltane, which we've discussed before, similar with the cattle, mm-hmm. special bonfires were lit. These were deemed to have protective and cleansing powers, and there were rituals involving them. So Samhain is kind of the other part of Beltane. One's opening, one's more of a closing. Mm-hmm. Like Beltane, Samhain was a liminal or threshold festival when the boundary between this world and the other world thins, yeah. meaning that the spirits and fairies could come into our world more easily and more easily be seen. Mm-hmm. They were appeased with the offerings of food and drink and to ensure the people and their livestock survived the winter. Mm-hmm. Souls of dead kin were also thought to revisit their home seeking hospitality and a place was set at the table for them during the Samhain meal. Mumming and guising were part of the festival from at least the early modern era, whereby people went door to door in costume, reciting verses in exchange for food. The costumes may have been a way of intimating and disguising oneself from uh, the big, wow, okay, disguising oneself, sorry, and also a big part of the festival also involved nuts and apples. So, um, because they didn't want to be recognized, that was kind of the guising. If you look at the old, old timey, Halloween costumes, even. Mm-hmm. They were just trying to disguise themselves. They weren't actually, like, mm-hmm. they had the bags over their head with, like, the eyes cut out, like, creepy yeah. shit like that. Um, they didn't mean to be creepy. <laughs> yeah. Divination was also a big part of the festival, and, like I said, also involved nuts and apples. In the late 19th century, James Fraser suggested that it was the Celtic New Year, but this has been disputed. Oh, that was crazy Celts. In the 9th century, the church had shifted the date of All Saints Day to November 1st, while November 2nd later became All Souls Day. Over time, it is believed that Samhain and All Saints Day, Souls Day, slash whatever, influenced each other, and eventually they synchronized into the modern Halloween. Folklorists have used the name Samhain to refer to Gaelic Halloween and all those customs that up until the 19th century are still practiced. Um, In the 20th century, there are Celtic neo-pagans and Wiccans, 
and those mostly observe the Samhain or something based on it as their religious holiday. So, mm -hmm. just a mishmash of mishmashery, I think, right? As usual. Mm -hmm. But the church was like, hey, we had that day. And they're like, no, no, we had that day first. And they're like, okay, now it's mm -hmm. our day. <laughs> you <laughs> know, <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt. How they, how they do things, basically. Speak, speak softly, carry a big stick. Yeah, yeah, or a big besom. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. So, oh, we talked about some of the origins already. Oh, a little bit about Irish, Irish mythology, because again, staying in that area. Um, so the mythology of the Irish was originally a spoken tradition, but many of it's eventually written down in the Middle Ages by monks. Mm -hmm. um, they say that Samhain was one of the four seasonal festivals of the year. They called it the wooing of Amir and lists Samhain as the How first. How do you spell Amir? Uh, this, this, the way they're spelling it here, E M E R. Okay, it's not Amir, not like Ahmed. Um, no, no, no. Um, there, so there's Amir, mm -hmm. and that's Emir. Emir. I guess. I'm, am I saying Amir? I'm probably just missing. No, 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 no. I'm okay. just saying. Like, so I hear the connection in the names. That's oh. fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, there's, the there, there, the roots are a little throughout everything, and so, yeah. like I said, what they call it is, is. Yeah, it's very similar, especially mm. linguistically. So, um, sorry, say the name one because Amir, Amir means king. E-M-E-R, Amir, the wooing of Amir. The wooing of the king. The wooing of the king. <laughs> the literature says a peace would be declared and there were great gatherings where they held meetings, feasted, drank alcohol, and held contests. The gatherings were a proper, popular setting for early Irish tales. Uh, anyone who yeah. broke laws established during this time would be banished. Interesting, that's okay. According to Irish mythology, Samhain, like Beltane, well, that's spelled differently, Beltane, like the Irish, uh, was a time when the doorways to the other world open, allowing supernatural beings and the souls of the dead to come into our world, while Beltane was a summer festival for the living. Samhain was essentially a festival of and for the dead. Um, again, the fairy mounds were opened. Let's see here. Oh, interesting. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, the fairy mounds were open, and you brought your fairy and oracle. Brought my fairy oracle today. I was like, "What should I bring?" And it's like, "Okay, I'll bring you today." <laughs> so I think this is one of their little um, the hero. I don't even know if I'm saying this right. I don't want to mess up their name too much. Right, Fion, Fion, the hero Fion. Fion. Okay. So it says on Samhain, the young Fion Mac Cumhale is able to stay awake and slays alien, alien. Yeah, with the magical spear for which he made which he has made the male leader of the Fianna. In a similar tale, one Samhain on the other world being Kuldub, not even close to how it's pronounced, mm -hmm. comes out of the burial mound on, <laughs> I don't know what that was, and snatches a roast pig. Slavanamon? Slavanamon, <laughs> yeah. That's a close And snatches that. a roast pig. Fion kills them with a spear throw, and he re-enters the mound. Theon's thumb is caught between the door and the post as it shuts, and he puts it in his mouth to ease the pain. As his thumb has been inside the other world, Theon is bestowed with great wisdom. This may refer to gaining knowledge from the ancestors. And uh, the colloquy of the elders tells how three female werewolves emerge from a cave of the Kushan, another otherworld porter, each Samhain and kill livestock. Uh, when the Kaskarox plays their harp, they take on human form, and the Fianna war Kelty then slays them with a spear. A lot of slaying. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I do like, I mean, it all goes back to those doorways opened and different things Fianna coming out. would be female. Yes. So the female warrior. Kel Kel Kelty. Yeah. 
So we know Kyle's Or Celty. It could be Celty. I'm not sure Well, which. that means back in the day, men and women got it popping. They we were, were like, we warriors. both were warriors. The boyhood deeds of Fionn, again that guy, tells how each Samhain the men of Ireland went to woo a beautiful maiden who lives in the fairy mound on Crogan Hill. It says that each year someone would be killed to mark the occasion by persons unknown. Some academics suggest that these tales recall human sacrifice and that there were several ancient Irish bog bodies who appear to have been kings who were ritually killed, some of them around the time of Samhain. So what was the first one? The wooing of the kings, we thought, right? Yeah. And then this is also when they they also die. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, The wooing. Another one has his test of bravery on Samhain night. He offers a prize to whoever can make it to the gallows and tie a band around a hanged man's ankle. Each challenger is thwarted by demons and runs back to the king's hall in fear. However, Nira succeeds and the dead man then asks for a drink. Nira carries him on his back and they stop at three houses. They enter a third where the dead man drinks and spits it out on the householders, killing them. Returning, Nira sees a fairy host burning in the king's hall and slaughtering those inside. He follows the host through a portal into the other world. Nira learns that what he saw was only a vision of what will happen next Samhain unless something is done. He is able to return to the hall and warns the king. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about Irish folklore, I guess. And I kind of thought I did, to be honest. Um, it says several sites in Ireland are especially linked to Samhain. Um, otherworldly beings... Oh boy, I'm going to have to do this again. I can't pronounce these. But one is called the Cave of the Cats. Um, in the county of Roscommon, the Hill of Ward in the county Neath is thought to have been the site of the Great Samhain Gathering and Bonfire. The Iron Age Ring Fort is said to have been where the goddess or druid Talakka birthed triplets and where she later died. So, historic customs of Samhain. I think we talked about this a little bit, but it was, again, one of the four main festivals of the Gaelic calendar. Um, the Sabbaths on the Wiccan calendar, there's actually eight. They, mm-hmm. they like to party more. Um, no, they're all, they're all excellent. Um, it is said that the festival of Samhain lasted a week, and, at the, and, and the three days before and after, there were great gatherings at which they, again, held meetings, feasted, drank alcohol, and uh, lit bonfires, held con- contests, all kinds of things. All kinds of fun stuff. Still fun. Mm-hmm. Similar to Bealtaine, bonfires were lit on hilltops at Samhain, and there were rituals involving them. There was a traditional way of lighting them, but notes that this method gradually died out because it was human sacrifice. <laughs> um, likewise, sorry, I had to read over that one. Likewise, only certain kinds of wood were traditionally used, but later records show that many kinds of flammable material were burnt. They it's, were like, we put a human in the middle uh, that was a shitty person yeah. all year and lit it on fire. And that was the traditional way and of lighting them. that was sacrifice. But now they're like, now we're going to use other things. Um, it says it's suggested that the fires were kind of imitative or sympathetic magic. They mimic the sun helping the powers of growth and holding back the decay and darkness of winter. They may also have served to symbolically burn up and destroy all harmful influences. Accounts from the 18th and 19th centuries suggest that the fires, as well as their smoke and ashes, were deemed to have protective and cleansing powers. And, um, you know, similar to Beltane, where they would light the bonfires and then relight all the hearths, so then they would use the ashes the same way. It's very, very kind of cool how they both they both have a second half to each other. Mm -hmm. People also took flames from the bonfire back to their homes. In parts of Scotland, torches of burning fir or turf were carried sunwise around the homes and fields to protect them. That would be clockwise. 
In some places, people doused their hearth, hearth fires on Samhain night. Each family then solemnly relit its hearth from the communal bonfire, thus bonding the community together. Dousing the old fire and bringing in the new may have been a way of banishing evil, which was also part of the New Year festivals. They did that for Belgium, mm-hmm. too. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, it's it's the darker half and the lighter half of the year, and they're bringing each one in. Mm-hmm. The bonfires were used in divination rituals, although not all divination involved fire. And then they also brought a part of that magic. That in, they did right. In. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's why it was a communal to bring the whole village together. Mm-hmm. In the 18th century, a ring of stones, one for each person, was laid around the fire, perhaps on a layer of ash. Everyone then ran around it with a torch, exulting, like leaping in joy, for those who don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. In the morning, the stones were examined, and if any was mislaid, it said the person it represented would not live out the year. Damn! Uh, James Fraser, whoever this guy is, says that this may come from an older custom of actually burning them, i.e. human sacrifice, or, or maybe have always been symbolic. They don't really know. I'm thinking a little bit of both. Divination has likely been around uh, these festivals since ancient times and actually still survives in many rural areas mm-hmm. of Ireland. Mm. At household festivities throughout Gaelic regions and Wales, there are many rituals intended to divine the future of those gathered, especially with the, in regard to death and marriage. Apples and hazelnuts were often used in these divination rituals or games. Apples were strongly associated with the other world and immortality. Damn apples, they're everywhere, aren't they? Mm-hmm. While hazelnuts were associated with divine wisdom. Mm-hmm. One of the most common games was apple bobbing. Mm-hmm. And we know where that came from. <laughs> Another involved hanging a small wooden rod from the ceiling at head height with a lit candle on one end and an apple hanging from the other. Oh, the rod was spun round and everyone took turns trying to catch the apple with their teeth. Doesn't sound dangerous at all. Apples were peeled in one long strip. That's how you knew you had healthy teeth. Uh, so they're like one side was a lit candle. Oh. Did, yeah, so Okay, so picture this. A, a rod was held from the ceiling at head height, so mm-hmm. where you could grab with your teeth, with a lit candle on one end and an apple on the other. And they spun, and they spun it around trying to, I think bobbing's a lot safer. So yeah. you either bit a lit candle, bit air, or bit an apple. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Are you picking up what I'm... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought people were just aiming no, for the apple. No. 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 It's like two apples spinning. Yeah. I kind of. I could see that. That's cute. But the the fiery. Okay. I mean, fire was a serious thing back then, and you could just burn everything down. Anyway. And that's why a those lot guys of were hardcore. Do you know everyone lived past forty back then? They were like, "Hey, light, uh, spin the bottle on a whole new level." Apples were <laughs> right. <laughs> Apples were peeled in one long strip, a peel tossed over the shoulder, and its shape was said to form the first letter of your spouse's name. We're going to do that for you. Come on, that is so cool. Oh, I love it. I don't, but man, we're getting some apples. We're just going to spin some skin. I love it. You got to peel because my peeling sucks. Well, maybe that's how you spell your spouse's name, though. Oh, I got to peel it. Yeah, what if I peel it and I'm not naming your spouse? All right. All right. right. (laughs) Two hazelnuts were roasted near a fire, one name for the person roasting them and other for the person they desired. If the nuts jumped away from the heat, it was a bad sign. But if the nuts roasted quietly, it foretold a good match. Oh. Mm, Items were hidden in food. Oh, can't wait for our next bonfire. Items were hidden in food, usually a cake, barn brack, Champ or so wins, and portions of it served at random. They all sound like different kinds of cakes. Um, kind of sounds like king cake, where they hide the baby in the cake. Similar, similar idea, I think. Where they hide the who? The, the Mardi Gras. So they have the, the king, the, the king's cake. It's like a big Danish with frosting on it now. This. I mean, oh, okay. And then they, they hide have... a baby in it, and it's a big 
piece of bread and when y'all eat it whoever gets the little plastic baby inside is like good luck oh okay it's kind of like when i make a pot of marinara oh, sauce whoever yeah. gets the bay leaf is lucky it's just one of those it's one of those things i guess i don't know i think there's a little bit of that in every culture um so a person's future was foretold by the item they happened to find for example a ring meant marriage coin meant wealth mm-hmm. a salty oatmeal bannock ugh. Uh, they were made, those were, those sound gross, they ate it in three bites, then went to bed in silence without anything to drink. They probably died. You ever seen one of those dry, crusty biscuits, the mm-hmm. bannocks that they eat? They eat it in three bites, so in other words, big, big bites, and then nothing to drink, and then go to bed. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds like they're good. That sounds like That sounds good. like that's what we have to eat. <laughs> it says this. I'm sorry, I do take this very seriously. Some of these customs are great. This was said to result in a dream in which their future spouse offers them a drink to quench their thirst if they don't choke to death. Oh, that's... We're not doing that one. I like But you too gotta, much. like, chew it, right? It says you eat it in three bites. So I'm like, um, 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 no drink, go to bed, right? That sounds bad. That sounds really hard. Egg whites were dropped into water, and the shapes foretold the number of future children. Ah, see? A little, little cross over there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, children would also chase crows and divine some of the things from the number of birds or by the directions that they flew. So this talks about spirits and souls. Uh, as noted earlier, Samhain was a liminal time, which means the boundary between the worlds and the other worlds could be crossed more easily, letting the spirits and fairies in. Um... At Samhain, it was believed that the, the spirits basically needed to be. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, oh. So She's like moving on. Moving on. No, no. I mean, they they can come into our world, and they needed to propagate so that. Um, oh, they, lots, there was spirit sex. There was lots of spirit sex. There's Offerings of food sex. and drinks would be left outside for the spirits. Portions of the crops left on the ground, mm-hmm. and that ensured that the people and their livestock survived the winter. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. One custom I described could see that as the ancestors. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. They do it in the Um. Oh, okay. All cultures do that. Pretty much. So mm-hmm. one custom is described as a blatant example of a pagan rite surviving into the Christian epoch. These are all in quotes, obviously. Was observed by the Outer Hebrides until the early 19th century. On October 31st, the locals would go down to the shore. One man would wade into the water up to his waist where he would pour out a cup of ale and ask for Shoni, whom he called the god of the sea, to bestow blessings on them. Oh, I love that. People also took... Don't waste ale, but... People also took special care not to offend the spirits and sought to water off any of those who were to cause mischief. If they stayed near the home or they were forced to walk in the darkness, they, they, I'm sorry, they turned their clothing inside out and carried iron or salt to keep those at bay. Inside out. Interesting. The dead were also honored at Samhain. The beginning of winter may have been seen as the most fitting time to do so as it is the time of dying in nature. The souls of the dead were thought to revisit their homes seeking hospitality. Places were set at the dinner table, like we've mentioned. Um, it was perhaps a natural thought that the approach of winter should drive the poor, shivering, hungry ghosts from the bare fields and the leafless woodlands to the shelter of the cottage. However, a soul's thankful kin could return and bestow blessings just as easily as a wronged person could return and, re- and wreak revenge. Hmm. Be careful who you invite into your hey, own it's all I mean, but you kind of see, you know, mm-hmm. again, living in simpler times without the internet. 
I mean, they were closer to the earth. They were closer to the spirits. They were closer to feeling mm-hmm. that natural energy. And like they mentioned, like the ley lines, which mm-hmm. is a source of natural energy. Um, it was very real to these people to keep things in and keep things out. Um, I, oh, I no, have, I totally yeah, get I it. Yeah, I have an odd opinion about... I and again, totally I'm, I'm a sci-fi it. nerd, and, and it all I comes to play. Now. Yeah, but like if you think about... I feel like energies are... That's okay. Energies are so mangled um, mm-hmm. because we have... And, and again, I'm going to nerd out. Like power lines, mm-hmm. the electricity we have in our homes... Um, when, mm-hmm. when like things like ghost hunters, those those people looking for spirits and spiritual energy, and they're half the time they're like half the time it's you know something electrical in the house or something else going on that's more natural than supernatural, mm-hmm. but it but it's all blended and blurried up together. And I think when we look back at these times, the seventeenth, mm-hmm. the eighteenth, and earlier, of course, centuries, they didn't have that weird garble that we have. Yeah, it was straight. Energy. When they felt energy, it wasn't like, hmm, I wonder if the heat's on too high. It was like, or if they felt a cold spot. It wasn't yeah. the air conditioning was kicked on. Yeah. It's like they, when they felt those things, mm-hmm. it was extremely gritty and raw and real for them. Where I think with us, which is why there's so much non-belief about a lot of things, is because it's, it's just, mm-hmm. it just kind of got moshed. Yeah. Right? And they can't, like, like people aren't, like I know that feeling. And I know you know mm-hmm. that feeling. Mm-hmm. When you are still in air conditioning, but all of a sudden... You get an extra cold brush, and you're like, "Oh, your hair stands on it." Yeah, like, it's mm-hmm. yeah. And then you start checking the room. You start checking the room. You start checking the room. <laughs> and then your eyes all of a sudden find that spot that wavers, and you say, "Okay." But it's almost like you you have to concentrate. I mean, we talk so much about yeah. meditation and mm-hmm. how people get into a trance and meditate mm-hmm. because I think we have to. We're so overwhelmed with mm-hmm. energies around us, but like I said, from natural electricity, mm-hmm. electrical things around us, that we do need to. That's why people will say when they do meditate or go into a trance, they'll turn everything off. They'll make their quiet space. They'll go outside, because you. The only way you're going to connect with the deep earth energy yeah. is to kind of banish out, yeah, the, the everything around us all the time. Which is why I like the country more. And why my energy is so much more frazzled in, in a city situation with people. It really, it really mm-hmm. just fucks me up. What yeah. I thought, I just didn't like people, but I do now. Now I know it's it's there's too much now energy right. for no, me to I handle. I loved people. Yeah. I just, I, I couldn't. I can feel mm-hmm. everything, almost everything around me all mm-hmm. the time. When I'm in a, in a room of people, it's it's just too much. Yeah. If it's a happy mood. It's like great. I'm Because like, I went to a Christmas party with quite a few people and... Did you feel I kept that? it. No, I didn't. Shit. Yeah. Sorry, the table shook. Did it shake? Oh, well, you know when I have my glasses on, so I can only see what's right in front of oh. me, too. But, um, no, like, that was a it was so much good energy, positive, that so, I felt okay. But someone if it's just... was like, yeah. And they just shook the table. <laughs> I know, really. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you. But, yes, go. So, anyway, I just, I always feel like, I mean, we joke about witch trials because they're such bullshit. But, I mean, really, the energy back then, all of these rituals really, really held a... A, a deep belief with these people and uh, and it was mm-hmm. important to them to start everything fresh and to make them feel like a community to have that shared communal bonfire together mm-hmm. oh, but let's talk okay so I think everything but um I want to touch a little bit about the mumming and guising because of course mm-hmm. that's the basis of our costumes today mm-hmm. so mumming it which I love the words mumming and guising mumming I want to start guising. using that instead of like costumes like, or, so yeah. what's your mum what's your mum this year what are you guising <laughs> as this year eh um <laughs> 
So mumming and guising was a part of Samhain. <laughs> now I know why women go crazy over the Irish oh. accent. You're like, I don't understand mm. a word you're saying, but keep just talking. Just keep talking. Mm-hmm. Just keep saying whatever you're saying. I love it. Okay. Mumming and guising was like a I'm drunk. part <laughs> of the Samhain. Okay. And I was like, all right, bye. Wait, I thought, I thought you said you are going to come home with me. I go, oh, no. I, I, I didn't understand anything you were saying. I love you, though. Um, we connected deeply. <laughs> Uh, tomorrow back here. Okay, I'm going to bed now. Oh, oh, that made me okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're just. I don't know if we're insulting an entire continent or. or that's that's the biggest compliment. It's the <laughs> truth. I go by truth. I'm sorry. I love we're, you guys. We're very shallow in some ways. It's not shallow. If I meet you on the first day, I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you. I'm gonna be like, keep talking. I may not understand everything. I'm picking up something. Do you know what I though? I love um, your accent. Um, mm-hmm. A friend of I mine years ago, all day. she was married to, I can't remember where he's from, somewhere in England. But he didn't have a, a horribly strong accent, but he had just enough accent that it was, and then the way his natural tone too, because you can have an uh-huh. accent that still sound terrible, just a lovely melodic voice. Mm-hmm. And I remember I we met and, uh, and I was like, my God, I mean, his, you know, I said, how do you not listen to him all day long? And she was like, because they've been married like 20 years. And she was like, I love it. She goes, but people flock to my husband. Like, men, women, they just are drawn to him because of that, the voice. And so that was just Daisy. Mm-hmm. She's just no, grumbly, no. grumbly. But yeah, so it's like, I, I do see how, mm-hmm. I mean, between having a nice voice and then having a nice look mm-hmm. to the, oh. You're like, oh. Yeah, she was, but she was over it. She was like, You're okay, like, people, like, back up off my husband. <laughs> oh, no. I will tell people back. I was like, excuse me, that's the third time to, I will lick him. I clink. I just, okay. All right, we'll do side note right now, right? Okay, let you, me, can't, you can't... Let me tell the you, world You can't look it and it's yours, Cola. <laughs> <laughs> That's only for pudding. <laughs> See it. So I'm just saying, <laughs> I, pu- I put it out there so you guys can be like she told us, sir. And she told she Lena, she told us she was going to lick you. And I'm going to be cute doing it. He know I'm going to be I may boop him too after, but like... <laughs> Okay. See now that I, I can get behind the boob. All right, I gotta. Okay. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that was a good tangent, though. Uh, good warning to all those uh, male witches out there who are uh, soon to be listening to our podcast mm-hmm. as it blows up. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. No, it will blow up. Hi. Hopefully in a good way. Hopefully in a good way. If you ever marry me, I'm I'm doing that. Oh dear. If you ever marry her, we are going to talk about it on our podcast mm-hmm. and about you. So, mm-hmm. Forewarned. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are forewarned. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that's why Brian listens as little as possible. He's like, what? Uh, nope. Nope. He's like, nope. nope. They're talking uh, about yeah. me, guys. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. He knows it too because he walks in the room. He walks the... quiet. He does. <laughs> and just look at him. And he goes, what? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just said, no, we just tell everybody you're a wizard. No big deal. All right, so back on topic here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try. Ooh. Oh. So, mumming and guising was a part of Samhain from at least the 16th century and was recorded in parts of Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. It involved people going from house to house in costume, like we'd mentioned, singing songs and receiving food. Uh, most people impersonated the souls of the dead and received offerings on their behalf. Impersonating these spirits or souls was also believed to protect oneself from them. It is suggested that the geysers personify the old spirits of winter who demand reward in exchange for good fortune. Sounds like trick or treat, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't it? Um, 
The ancient festival included people in masks or costumes representing these spirits, and the modern custom came from this. Um, in Ireland, costumes were sometimes worn by those who went about before nightfall collecting for a Samhain feast. Mm -hmm. The geysers included a hobby horse known as the white mare. What do we just discuss a hobby horse? Oh, your toy. You the toy. Oh, for the... For the, the boom, the bat. I'm gonna look yeah. that up. Sorry, that's just like too the weird. Broom, I should say. Um, so, boom. a man covered in a white sheet and carrying a decorated horse skull would lead a group of youths blowing on cow horns from farm to farm. As each, they recited verses, some of which savored strongly of paganism, and the farmer was expected to donate food. If the farmer donated food, he could expect good fortune from the makala. Not doing so would bring mis misfortune. Again, the trick or treat. Uh, these would all take place around midwinter. In Wales, the white horse is also seen as an omen of death. In some places, the young people cross-dressed. Seems like an off place to put that, but I'm sure youth everywhere somewhere cross-dressed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In Scotland, young men went house to house with masked, veiled, painted, or blackened faces, often threatening to do mischief if they were not welcomed. It was common in the 16th century in the Scottish countryside, excuse me, and this persisted into the 20th century. It is suggested that the blackened faces come from using the bonfires, okay, the bonfire ashes for protection. Costumes, mumming, and hobby horses were part of other yearly festivals. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. However, the Celtic-speaking regions were particularly appropriate to appropriate on the night on which supernatural beings were said to be abroad and could be intimated or warded off, warded off by human wanderers. While imitating malignant spirits is a very short step from guising to playing pranks. Play, playing pranks at Samhain is recorded by the Scottish Highlanders as far back as 1736, also common in Ireland, nicknamed Mischief Night. Wearing costumes at Halloween to spread, uh, spread to England in the 20th century, as did the custom of playing pranks, though there had been mumming at other festivals. So that's guising. Mm-hmm. Okay. Trick-or-treating may have come from the custom of going door-to-door -door collecting food. I mean, yes, anyone hearing this can see how they line up. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the traditional illumination for geysers or pranksters abroad on the night in some places was provided by turnips or mangle wurzels. I've heard of turnips, not that. Hollowed out to act as lanterns and often carved with grotesque faces, they were also set on windowsills. By those who made them, the lanterns were variously said to represent the spirits or supernatural beings and were used to ward off evil spirits. There's our jack-o'-lanterns, right? Mm -hmm. All right, so pretty much there we can see... There were turnips at first. So turnips are still, and rutabagas, are still used... Um, gosh, when did I find this out? I think, because when I first started carving pumpkins, I think I was looking up, like, way, like you know, just different mm -hmm. things to carve or paint or whatever... And I don't know what country it is. I want to say it's it's like Finland, Sweden. It's one of those over there. Mm -hmm. um, and their thing is primarily turnips and rutabagas. And they do the same things. They put the faces on them. They put the candles in them. Mm -hmm. But not so much pumpkins. I'm not sure if it's because they can't grow them. Never thought about that. But um, and yeah, one of the things here. Oh, let's see. Oh yeah, here it is. Um, I don't know what this is though. They're the Manx. The Manx, wherever that is, the children carve turnips rather than pumpkins and carry them around the neighborhood singing traditional songs. So, yeah, there's, like, s similar backgrounds of that same time of year everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, just wanted to bring in some modern stuff. But... 
basically it just kind of it kind of sums up the more, more modern stuff with Wicca. Um, Wiccans celebrate the variation of Samhain as one of their yearly Sabbaths on the Wheel of the Year. It is deemed by most Wiccans to be the most important of the four greater Sabbaths. Samhain is seen by some Wiccans as a time to celebrate the lives of those who have died, and it often involves paying respect to ancestors, family elders of the faith, friends, pets, and other loved ones who have passed. In some rituals, the spirits of the dead are invited to attend the festivities, and it is seen as a festival of darkness, which is balanced at the opposite point of the wheel by the spring festival of Beltane, which Wiccans celebrate as a festival of light and fertility. Wiccans believe that at Samhain, the veil between the world and the afterlife is at its thinnest point, and it's easier to communicate with those who have left the world. So again, so Samhain, modernly celebrated mostly. Uh, you don't have to be Wiccan to celebrate Samhain, but it is on their, it is on their wheel of the year um, and one of their, their big holidays. So... Um, yeah, and you can honestly see. I mean, Halloween is a is a modern word, a modern, uh, and we're, I'm going to talk about mm -hmm. that in a little bit. But this is really you can see the background of where a lot of these things came from. Mm -hmm. And again, just natural, normal country people taking care of their families, their home, their hearth, their herds, um, in a, in a ritual way that reminded them, I believe, yeah, to be respectful of the dead, respectful of each other. Um, people base a lot on we don't talk about religion, but in the Bible, but that is how people remembered but each you know other what? their village yeah. they supported each other it was all very communal and, and to bar evil energy evil spirits i mean any negative energy was... and here's what gets me about that it's they don't those people in the bible that they talk about that's how they live their lives and they don't talk about that they don't talk about the ritual day of we know ancient Egyptians had a ritual day. We know ancient Africans had a ritual day. Well, they day. had their, yeah, their holidays, right? however you want to call them. Not, yeah. But when I Sacred say days. holiday, I'm talking about like how when you listen to that, it's they live life in a ritualistic way. Well, what did you just make? They live life in a circular exactly. pattern. The, the, the calendar is not start and finish. It's, it's exactly. constantly going. And what mm -hmm. the... Like a wheel, like the Wiccans. The wheel. My issue with the Bible is this. <laughs> Just one? <laughs> it's one off. <laughs> Is that it does not tell us how these people live those ritualistic lives, right? Hmm. You interject. It's like bop, 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 therefore. Well, some, and then sometimes you, you it just talks want about us it. To look at the therefore. And it's. Mm. You you expect us to believe that the these ancient ass people, these ancient ass people, don't did not live a ritualist of you. You understand what I'm oh, saying? Oh, of course they. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like they don't touch on that. I mean, they do a little. They talk about them. And what they, is the holiday they where they kill the lamb and then they eat greens and then is that the Christmas thing? Passover. Is that pa thank you? Sorry, I forgot yeah. what it's called. So like they do talk about that, but that's because I think it touches on their god but they don't talk about the other things that we know That's we know of course was a normal part of everyday like you said normal life normal life yeah, yeah. it's like they it's, still they gave to the yeah it's like they still gave to the ancestors how how did they how did they do that right? the only time they ever talked about it was i think cain and abel when they both gave their sacrifices remember that was mm -hmm. to i mean that i can think of i'm sure there's more but they don't, yeah, but they don't touch on it a lot. I think it's too... No, it's too controlling. Like, I hope people wake up. 
anywho, I'm just saying people people without without the use of a, a Christian based society can still hold mm-hmm. on to traditions and values and mm-hmm. holidays and things that they focus mm-hmm. on to remind mm-hmm. themselves to be good people, exactly. to stay a community, to banish out any evil. And um, I do think people naturally try to be good. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think you know, but well, they say they say to stop and smell the roses, right? But, exactly. but pausing. And I think what these holidays, these sabbats, these rituals that people did, one, on one hand, like some of these are the pranks and the tricksters and the mischief, Mm -hmm. on one hand it was a release because these people were farmers, were herders, were working every day, all day, Mm -hmm. every day, all day. You know what I mean? So it's like for them to take time to find the joy in life, even if it was a little bit mischievous, you know, putting on these silly costumes or running around and trying not to get burned by an apple spinning wheel thing. I mean, it's just like that was a release for them. But also, it gave them a time to stop, put their head up, like smell the air, be grateful for what they have. I mean, they had to do all these things like to survive. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't have to grow our crops or, you know, slaughter Mm -hmm. our herd every winter to survive. So like, we don't, we don't have to stop. So Mm -hmm. the the fact that they got, that's why they did those things to Mm -hmm. stop and remember the most important things in life, Mm -hmm. besides food, shelter. Mm Mm-hmm are each other and remembering to be grateful for that. And I think that's what holidays, mm-hmm. even if you look at our modern holidays, like, you know, the, what is it? The Hallmark channel with their movies about mm-hmm. like they're, you know what I mean? But, but those, I do love those. I, I've never seen one, but I'm just saying, I think cause they're also like, yes. they're so cliche, but it's again, it's those movies always tell people to stop and remember and be grateful. And it's like, people yeah. almost have to have a holiday to be told to do that. And I, and it's, so it's, yeah. it's a good thing. I mean, it's, course been warped things have been warped here and there but um i don't know that's my that's my opinion on Samhain and people and energy and honestly any ancient cultures and i did love that it kind of um was off the offshoot of beltane i didn't yeah. even think about that when i when i picked it with halloween okay. so i think we should do um some pulls yeah and then because like i said my halloween topic is just as lengthy yeah <laughs> hopefully people are going to enjoy this um i i hope so i enjoyed learning about all these things no, this is fun this yeah. is Tis the season. Oh, one jumped. I'll two did. Are yeah, we tis the season. These? Are we keeping these? I'm going to let you do your thing. Yes, we are. Okay, okay. one moment. All right, so I think we're going to take a little break um, on my topic because it's kind of a duo topic. Mm-hmm. And let's do a little oracle pull. And let's yes. tell me where you're pulling from, what we're going to look All at. All right, so we are pulling from getting into the vortex. And this is by Esther and Jerry Hicks. Now, you said you found them online. Oh, was YouTube. that Instagram? YouTube. Okay, YouTube, thank you. I wanted yes. to clarify that. You can find Esther on... Um, so, who's Jerry? He, her husband, he has since passed on. And then he rested. In- oh. Yes. Oh. Sorry, Jerry. And she continued the work. She's really good. I really like her. Yeah, I'll have to check her out. Okay. All right. Um, I'll let you check her out. You'll do with it as you want. That They said to shut up. <gasps> And I, yeah, well, I see the whole teachings of Abraham, so I'm just going to, like, keep an open mind about okay. whatever it is. Right. I, I okay. already saw that, so okay. I was like... all right. That's how I was looking. They were like... <laughs> no. I observed it, took it in, processed it. I'm moving on. Right. Okay. So, card 10. The essence of my every desire can be fulfilled. Oh, that's a beautiful card. Yes. If your time-space reality has the wherewithal to inspire a desire within you, it is our absolute promise to you that your time-space reality has the ability to deliver in full manifested form the reality of the desire it has inspired. 
The essence of any and all desires can be fulfilled unless you are holding yourself out of alignment with your own desire. The feeling of competition or shortage or limitation of resources means you are out of alignment with your own desire. So, hmm. what this is saying is, we each individually live in our own time-space reality. And one we set our intentions on what it is we need. If we feel like it's not coming to us, we have to stop, take mm-hmm. a break, and say, what are we not doing to align ourselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with what we have set? Setting right? intentions is great, but if you don't make that, if, if you're walking a crooked path to that goal, it's going to take you a lot longer to get there. You, exactly. Yeah. So it's always, people think it's, but it's you put it out the intention out there, and then you have That's to only have actively yeah. mm-hmm. work towards your goal. I mean, it's if you're saving for something like literally physically, yeah. it's like you know I'm I'm gonna manifest I want to buy a home. Mm-hmm. If I don't save money at all ever, mm-hmm. it, you're not aligning yourself with that. Yeah, goal. you're it's, not. It's more of like, a, a wish than a manifest. The closer you mm-hmm. start, the more you start saving the closer the house comes. And then once the universe, literally once the universe is like, all right, she got this much on it. All of a sudden you'll see, oh, oh, how's this? How's it? But I can see this is a relationship deck, correct? Yeah. But I see this. I'm just using that as like, yeah, no, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, but Mm -hmm. like as an example, like if you want a relationship, if you're like, you know what? I think I want to have a person in my life. Mm -hmm. And again, you're not aligning yourself of because the number one way to get into a relationship mm-hmm. with someone is by bettering yourself. Yes. And you will draw a person into your life. Yes. It is not Tinder. It is not dating. It is not meeting a million people. Because no. if you haven't fixed, not perfection, you. but if you haven't brought yourself yeah. into the place where you're happy with you, yeah. and now, because you're happy with you, you'd like, it's because you mm-hmm. would like a partner in your life. Not like, I need someone in my life to fill this space. Nope, my space is full. It's fact, it's so full that I want to share it with someone else. And once you hit that, mm-hmm. you're aligned to find somebody in a relationship. Exactly. And I feel like we see a lot of that emptiness out there. Mm-hmm. This is just my experience of 44 years with relationships. But you need to you need to be whole yourself mm-hmm. first. Sorry, continue with my question. No, I completely agree. All right, so my manifestations are the indicators of my beliefs. So it is always true that whatever you are living always matches your tr- chronic vibrational patterns or beliefs and it does not matter if you are an excellent excuse for your negative if you have an excellent excuse for your negative thoughts and negative emotions they still equal your point of attraction mm-hmm. okay what if manifesting on every subject in your life is an indicator of the beliefs you hold and your chronic pattern of thought and i 100 percent can see this so it's like right we're talking about people if you think, if you keep thinking, I'm never going to find anyone or this is what's wrong with me, you keep s- sidestepping your path, right? So well, you're sabotaging, you're sabotaging your yeah, yourself, definitely. right? So that negative thought, negative speak is sabotage, is self-sabotage. And I like right? that it said, even if you have a good reason. Yes. So... You're like a victim. It's almost your own victim mentality. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I will never be good enough or I will always be broken because A, B, C. My yeah. past, my family, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You have a very good reason. 
-hmm. they're telling you to break that. They're like, stop it. Then Mm -hmm. you're just fulfilling your own fantasy over and over Mm -hmm. again. There's been people who have been through worse, always. Always. Mm Self-sabotaging. Self-fulfilling fantasy, right? Prophecy. Prophecy, yep. Thank you. All right, the next one is billions of us are living in perfect diversity. The diversity of your planet is off. See, I love that. This it when you you're like off your planet, and then you realize that she's a a medium, and she like they talk through her, like oh, her oh, ascended okay, masters, okay. like strongly, heavily talk through her. Okay, so this is really more and messages so, from the so spirits. messages okay. from the spirits. Yeah. So it's I didn't when, know her background at all. Yeah. So I don't know if she's a psychiatrist. No. <laughs> the diversity of your of your planet is of tremendous value and benefit because from variety springs all new ideas and expansion without the diversity there would be complacency and endedness complacency and endedness and bland mm-hmm. i mean yeah. you are billions of people living the perfect diversity just as you knew you would constantly asking for improvement and thereby setting up for the next generation that improved life experience. If you understood that and no longer glamored for the one right way to live, things would go better for mm-hmm. you sooner. Yeah. I just wanted it's to a very be simple better truth, for the next. But I mean, it's mm-hmm. people are, and I'm, not, I'm including that. I mean, people are very short, cent, short, no, short-sighted short-sighted. and self-centered. I think I was mixing mm-hmm. up those two together, but it's both. Mm-hmm. And they forget there's a whole world... And, mm-hmm. and diversity is the spices of life. I mm-hmm. mean, why do people travel to other countries to see mm-hmm. other cultures? They, yeah. And, and then appropriate some of it because yeah. it's, they love it. It's like, that's yeah. what, yeah, it's part of what makes us human and we really need to embrace it. All more. Right. So let's see. Oh, what, I love that card too. Look at all those colors. Right. All the little different like gloved hands is what I mm-hmm. see coming out of blooming flowers. And so, like, I'll tell you guys, so on the first card, it's literally two souls, a man and a woman in purple floating towards each Mm -hmm. other. But, like, the wind keeps blowing them apart. Like, it's like the wind is blowing them into each other. Yeah, they're missing each other. (laughs) Yeah, call you're calling in what you want. And so what you want is a reflection of. This is what I want. So what do you need to be fulfilled? You need to be fulfilled before it comes in because they're both going to be two fulfilled people on the same mm-hmm. path, right? So, so what, what, yeah, we'll are, take what pictures are you of the doing, cards, definitely. right, to unalign yourself? And I think it's speaking to, this a little bit speaks to 10 because, I mean, what may be happening is that that self-doubt that negative speak is throwing you know throwing us off path Mm -hmm. yeah her back is to the darkness yeah and uh right because she's Mm -hmm. like she's focusing on no what she's manifesting she has a little pink star in her hand (laughs) i'm walking away from all of this and i understand that healing means i'm walking through the darkness i was in and as i emerge I, i face the light Right, I face what I'm manifesting, and I release all that negative. Every time it comes, like my little thing to do is nope, stop. I send you to the ether. I'm like no, 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 stop. 
Well, it's that naggy little voice we all have in our head. Yeah, right? And that, that little bitch. That, that little there. bitch. And I yeah. curse her out. I'm like, listen, it's too fucking early. Go to sleep. Well, like, right. That's, that's when she like, wakes up, too. She's like, because you have all these good thoughts and good intentions and manifestations. And you're like, this is me. And then that little bitch is like, but what if? Right. And you're like, shut the, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but what if you fail? There's what if like, I don't okay, like you? It's fine. We're still going to do it. Choke. Choke. Okay, go choke. <laughs> like fuck <laughs> I'd be cursing her out <laughs> oh. I'd be cursing her out but like no 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 if I follow you I'm I wish I'd curse her out bitch. She's, she's very noisy in my head girl I yell and scream and fight sometimes people think I'm, I'm like listen <laughs> does she live alone or not <laughs> and then I do love this this I think this we're this going one. into this diversity but it also means this since this is a relationship thing diversity is Oh, be open to diverse relationships, right? Be open to diversities on many levels, okay? It's not just skin deep. I was going to say, I'm like, it's personality. Yeah. Good Lord. It's not just skin deep. I want everybody to, you know, be open to diversity and understand that you, you have been calling in the person that was meant for you and you have been aligning yourself to the person that was meant for you yeah and don't keep yourself in a box because mm-hmm. maybe, not there's, be maybe there's a 12-year age difference i'm not talking about pedophiles don't go there but i'm no. just saying like maybe maybe you meet someone who's you know you're in your 30s and they're in their 50s and you're mm-hmm. like well that's no don't know it just let it if you yeah. if you feel a pull towards someone and for some reason and, and there's a, a diversity that or you have or he could a, be young and it could you're be like insane either way I, you honey i'm older than you and he's like and you're mine and you're like <laughs> this little boy won't leave me alone he's like this girl man is trying to make you his and you're like i'm this years old and he's like i mean it's just any of our and i'm an adult ideas of what we think we should be with yes. i mean if you met a 28 year old uh white emo dude i'd be like fuck yeah like why not if that's what you feel mm-hmm. awesome if you met a strong black man, I'd be like, fuck yeah. I'm right. glad you found it. It's like, it doesn't have to be any, fit in any particular box. And I think that's what people, we, we put ourselves, a little, mm. a little hot Asian. Okay. We're going off, we're going off on tangent here, but you're right, just, right, I'm just, right, right, right. <laughs> we're just throwing it out we're there. We're throwing it out there. Manifesting. Okay. Tall Indian yeah. man. Okay. Okay. Back to our, no, no, we have a new deck. Yes. yes. We need to bring up This the is our of the fairies. And so, solitude. Think of being alone as meaning you are all one and in total harmony with everything. The greatest treasures are those that wait silently during your quiet times. Mm-hmm. That lines up with that card nicely. Mm-hmm. Moon energy. Surrender to the natural ebb and flow of life. If you're feeling confused, this fairy comes to calm emotions and reassure that peace of mind. They lined up. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's see what we got. The fairy of diversity. (laughs) (laughs) And one grumpy daisy. (laughs) Or one dreaming daisy. She's probably dreaming, yeah. She grunts a lot. All right. We got... We're changing decks for this last card. And this is the Four Agreements. This one I might get for myself. By Don I Miguel. really feel, I haven't even looked through it, but I just feel this one, definitely. 
Toltec, Toltec wisdom? Toltec. Yes. Like Lord of the Rings? No, it's too. Like ancient. Um, no. That's like, Tolkien, sorry. Toltec, yeah. For like, um, Toltec. is there um, Mex uh, from Mex? They're ancient oh. Mexican. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. How do I say this Don properly? Miguel Ruiz. Yeah. And they're like, you know, the they're just like the Mayans, the Toltec okay. people. Yeah, ancient Mexican people. Never heard that. That's Jesus, so that couldn't come out properly. <laughs> well, I started off with Lord of the Rings and Tolkien, like, so what? I think I threw you off. Oh, I like this. We are ancient Mexican. What? Like, you've been talking a long time. What? You can join us. I know. You're fine. She's not going yet. <laughs> Let's see what the All Toltec right. has Let's to say see. to us about diversity. Come here. Oh, something jumped hard. All right. Got it? Alright. What is it? <laughs> Be impeccable with your words. Ooh. Important for podcasting. I try. <sighs> we try, we try, we try. We'll get better at Ooh, it. Ooh, it looks like a uterus. <clears throat> right? Be impeccable with your words. Express your love. Impeccability of the word can be measured by your level of self-love. If you love yourself... You will express that love in your interactions with others, and that action will produce a like reaction. Ready? Billions of us are living in perfect diversity. Mm -hmm. It's perfect. Right? You love yourself and be comfortable in who you are. And that will allow other people to do the same and in kind, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the issue people have. People want people to be, follow the, I think we were talking about it earlier, honestly, when we were, you know, it's like religion is like, you have to do this or else you will be damnation. And I'm like... But we're also different. We're also unique. And we're all many different peoples. And viewpoints. On this um, And perspectives. Planet. <clears throat> mm -hmm. He's so delicate. That's Stinky Inky. This is my baby. I know. Inky knows I love him. He's deciding to sit on, our, sit on the cards. He's going to take mm -hmm. all of that love and relationship advice in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excellent. You know? And it's so it's. So don't close yourself off to someone because they may be different, mm -hmm. right? Come from a different culture, come from a different space, right? You, I think what is coming is going to be something wonderful, something magical, right? Someone magical, yeah? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Improved. I like that. I like this card a lot. It's like you're thereby setting up for the next generation an improved life experienced yeah. it. If you understood that, mm -hmm. there would no longer be clamoring for one right way to, to live. live. Exactly. Yep. We don't need one way to yeah. live. And if you love yourself, you will express that love in your interactions with others and that action will produce a like reaction. It's they, they go completely hand in hand. Yeah. Completely. I love I love how those cards lined up together. We'll mm -hmm. definitely take 
pictures of them, although Toad is sitting on them. Respectfully sitting on them. Respectfully. So, no, that was excellent. I, I do like that it, it kind of, it is more, not all of these cards are for the relationship deck, but I feel like it does talk a lot about relationship um, with yourself, especially when you're mm -hmm. at that time when you want to expand and maybe include another mm -hmm. person in your life. So that's, that's really good. Oh, no, 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 don't knock them over. Um, respect. Right. <laughs> respect. Respect. Well, that's... If you're going to be mine, you need to be respectful. Well, yes. you know when they rub their head against something, they're mm -hmm. trying to put their scent on it. But mm -hmm. I don't think he realizes he's going to knock it off the table, right, too. Right. Clint, mark it. Mark it. Go yeah, ahead. That is, because they do, they do that to me. They just mm -hmm. rub their forehead, and that's where all their pheromones are. Okay. So... They're like, I have not marked oh. her things yet. I swear. Yeah. I mean, um, in the good way. When they pee mm -hmm. on your stuff, <laughs> they don't like you. you but when they rub your... Me. I love you. It's Aww. fine. Pause it. Okay, so now we're going to talk about Halloween. A lot of this is going to cross over with each other, so bear with me. But we all pretty much know who Halloween is, those in the Western world. Mm -hmm. It began as the observance of All Hallow Tide, and it was dedicated to remembering the dead, including the saints, the hallows, the martyrs, and all the faithfully departed. One theory holds that many Halloween traditions may have been influenced by the ancient Celtic harvests, Gaelic festivals, Samhain, and have pagan roots, which we all discussed. But um, a lot of these holidays have been Christianized as All Hallows Day, along with its Eve, by the early church. Other academics believe, however, that Halloween began solely as a Christian holiday, being the Vigil of All Hallows Day. Yeah, sure. Halloween activities include trick-or-treating, attending Halloween costume par parties, carving pumpkins into jack-o'-lanterns, lighting bonfires, apple bobbing, divination Toy games, pauses. and playing pranks. Halloween activities include trick-or-treating, attending Halloween costume parties, carving pumpkins into jack-o'-lanterns, lighting bonfires, apple-bobbing, divination games, playing pranks, and visiting haunting, haunted attractions, as well as telling scary stories or watching horror films. In many parts of the world, the Christian religious observance of All Hallows' Day, including attending church services and lighting candles on the graves of the dead, remain popular, mm -hmm. although most places it's more commercial and a secular celebration. Some Christians historically abstained from meat on All Hallows' Eve, a tradition reflected in the eating of certain vegetarian foods like potato pancakes, apple cakes, and soul cakes. I think I have heard of that. The word Halloween or Halloween dates back to 1745 and is of Christian origin. The, world, the word Halloween means saint's evening. It comes from a Scottish term for All Hallows' Eve. In Scots, the word Eve is even, and this is contracted to Ian or in. Over time, All Hallows Ian evolved into Halloween, <laughs> although now it's just pretty much called Halloween. Um, Old English, it was All Hallows Eve, and that wasn't really seen before 1556. Um, so both, most of this talks about Samhain and what we just discussed, and we just saw a lot of the correlation between the two holidays. So despite what Christians want to say, that's what it's based on. But here's the topic, the Christian influence. Today's Halloween costumes are thought to have been influenced by Christian dogma and practices derived from it. Halloween is the evening before the Christian holy days of All Hallows' Eve, Hallow Mass, November 1st, All Souls' Day, thus giving the holiday of October 31st the full name of Eve, All Hallows' Eve, meaning the evening before the All Hallows' Day. Since the time of early church, major feasts in Christianity, such as Christmas, Easter, and Pentecost, had vigils that began the night before, as does the Feast of All Hallows. The three days are collectively called All Hallow Tide and are a time for honoring the saints and praying for the recently departed souls who have yet to reach heaven. Must take time, I guess. 
Commemoration of all saints and martyrs were held by several churches on various dates a lot in springtime. In 609, Post Boniface IV rededicated uh, the Pantheon to St. Mary and all martyrs on May 13th. This was the same day as Lemuria, an ancient Roman festival of the dead, and the same day as the commemoration of all saints in Edessa. The Feast of All Hallows on its current date in the Western Church may be traced to Pope Gregory III founding of the Oratory in St. Peter's for the relics of all holy apostles and all saints, martyrs, and confessors. In 835, All Hallows Day was officially switched to November 1st, the same day as Samhain, at the behest of Pope Gregory IV. Some suggest that this was due to Celtic influence, while others suggest it was a Germanic idea, although it's claimed that both Germanic and Celtic-speaking peoples commemorated the dead at the beginning of winter. They may have seen it as the most fitting time to do so as a time of dying in nature. It is also suggested that the change was made on the practical grounds that Rome in summer could not accommodate the great number of pilgrims who flocked to it, and perhaps because of public health considerations regarding the Roman fever at the time, uh, that the sultry summers were not the time to celebrate. Hmm. By the end of the 12th century, they had become holy days of obligation across Europe and involved such traditions as ringing church bells for the souls in purgatory. In addition, it was customary for criers dressed in black to parade the streets, ringing a bell of a mournful sound and calling out on all good Christians to remember the poor souls. Souling, the custom of baking and sharing soul cakes for all Christian souls, has been suggested as the origin for trick-or-treating. The custom dates back to at least the 15th century and was found in England, Austria, and Germany. Groups of poor people, often children, would go door-to-door -door during all hallow tide, collecting soul cakes in exchange for praying for the dead, especially the souls of the giver's friends and relatives. Soul cakes would also be offered for the souls themselves to eat, or the solers would act as their representatives. Uh, as with the Lenten tradition of a hot cross bun, all hallow tide soul cakes were often marked with a cross, indicating they were baked as alms. Shakespeare mentions souling in his comedy, The Two Gentlemen of Verona. On the custom of wearing costumes, Christian minister Prince Sori wrote, it was traditionally believed that the souls of the departed wandered the earth until All Saints Day, and All Hallows Eve provided one last, one last chance for the dead to gain vengeance on their enemies before moving to the next world. In order to avoid being recognized by any soul that might be seeking such vengeance, people would don masks or costume to disguise their identity. It is claimed that in the Middle Ages, churches that were too poor to display the relics of martyred saints at all halltide let parishioners dress up as saints instead. Some Christians continue to observe this custom at Halloween today. Some believe that this could have been the Christianization of an earlier pagan custom called uh, guising. Yeah, like we talked, like we talked about. Mm -hmm. While souling, Christians would carry with them lanterns made of hollowed-out turnips. It has been suggested that the carved jack-o'-lantern, a popular symbol of Halloween, originally represented the souls of the dead. On Halloween in Europe, fires served a dual purpose, being lit to guide the returning souls to the homes of their family, as well as to deflect the demons from haunting sincere Christian folk. Households in Austria and Ireland often had candle burn candles burning in every room to guide the souls back to visit. Uh, these were known as soul lights. <laughs> Many Christians in mainland Europe, especially France, believe that once a year on Halloween, the dead of the churchyards rose for one hideous carnival known as the Dance Macabre. Oh, I like that. 
which is also, mm. have you heard of that? Yeah, the dance they macabre, have dolls and stuff. Which often have depicted in church decorations. Christians were moved by the sight of the infant Jesus playing on his mother's knee. Their hearts were touched by the paeta, and patron saints reassured them by their presence. But all the while, the dance macabre urged them not to forget the end of all earthly things. This dance macabre was enacted at village pageants and court masks, with people dressing up as corpses from a variety strata of society and may have been the origin of modern-day Halloween parties. Mm-hmm. Hmm. In the 19th century, in the rural parts of England, families would gather on the hills the night of All Hallows' Eve. They held a bunch of burning straw on a pitchfork, while the rest knelt around him in a circle, praying for the souls of relatives and friends until the flames went out. This was known as Teenlay. Others' customs included Tyndall fires and all-night vigil bonfires, which were lit to pray for the departed, and from 1605 onward, many Halloween tradition, traditions appropriated by the holiday Guy Fawkes Night. Huh. What is Guy Fawkes Night? Uh, have you ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Um, sorry. I, I have nothing to look up. So there and in, in Ireland, they've been celebrating Samhain and Halloween since at least the early Middle Ages. Um, mostly the Scottish uh, approach Halloween, seeing it as important to the life cycle, life cycle mm-hmm. and rites of passage to communities. And from okay, let go. Mm-hmm. In France, some Christian families on the night of All Hallows' Eve prayed by the, beside the graves of their loved ones, setting down dishes full of milk for them. And on Halloween in Italy, some families left a large meal out for the ghosts that passed before they went to church services. In Spain on this night, special pastries are baked known as the bones of the holy, and they put them on the graves in the churchyard, a practice that continues to this day. So in parts of Britain, these customs came under attack during the Reformation as some Protestants berated purgatory as a popish doctrine, incompatible with their notion of predestination. Thus, for some nonconformist Protestants, the theology of All Hallows' Eve, Eve was redefined. Eh, why not? Without the doctrine of purgatory, the returning souls cannot be journeying from purgatory on their way to heaven, as Catholics frequently believe and assert. Instead, these so-called ghosts are thought to be, in actuality, evil spirits. And as such, they are threatening. Other Protestants maintain belief in an intermediate state known as Hades, or the bosom of Abraham, and continued to observe the original customs, especially souling, candlelit processions, and the ringing of church bells in memory of the dead. A professor of medieval archaeology uh, with regard to the evil spirits on Halloween wrote that barns and homes were blessed to protect people and their livestock from the effect of witches, who were believed to accompany the malignant spirits as they traveled the earth. And now we're going to talk about the spread to North America. So Anglican colonists in the southern United States and Catholic colonists in Maryland recognized All Hallows' Eve on their church calendars, although the Puritans of New England maintained strong opposition to the holiday, along with traditional celebrations of the established church, including Christmas. Almanacs of the late 18th and early 19th century give no indication that Halloween was widely celebrated in North America. It was not until the mass Irish and immigration in the 19th century that Halloween became a major holiday in America, confined to the immigrant communities during those times. It gradually assimilated into mainstream society and was celebrated coast to coast by people of all social, racial, and religious backgrounds by the first decade of the 20th century. 
In Cajun areas, a nocturnal mass was said in cemeteries on Halloween night. Candles that had been blessed were placed on graves, and families sometimes spent the entire night at the graveside. The yearly Greenwich Village Halloween Parade was begun in 1974 by puppeteer and mask maker Ralph Lee of Greenwich Village. It is the world's largest Halloween parade and America's only major nighttime parade, attracting more than 60,000 costumed participants, 2 million spectators, worldwide television audience. A lot of people. Some of the symbols of Halloween. The development of artifacts and symbols associated with Halloween formed over time. Jack-o'-lanterns are traditionally carried by geysers on All Hallows' Eve in order to frighten evil spirits. There is a popular Irish Christian folktale associated with the jack-o'-lantern, and it goes as this. It represents a soul has been denied entry into both heaven and hell. En route home after a night's drinking, Jack encounters the devil and tricks him into climbing a tree. A quick-thinking Jack etches the sign of the cross into the bark, thus trapping the devil. Jack strikes a bargain that Satan can never claim his soul. After a life of sin, drink, and mediancy, Jack ref is refused entry into heaven when he dies. Keeping his promise, the devil refuses to let Jack into hell and throws a live coal straight from the fires of hell at him. It was a cold night, so Jack places the coal in a hollowed-out turnip to stop it from going out, since which time Jack and his lantern have been forever roaming, looking for a place to rest. In Ireland and Scotland, the turnip has been the traditionally been carved during Halloween, but the immigrants to North America used natives' pumpkins, which is much softer, much larger, and easier to carve. The American tradition of carving pumpkins is recorded in 1837 and was originally associated with harvest time in general, not becoming specifically associated with Halloween until the mid-late 19th century. The modern imagery of Halloween comes from many sources, including Christianity, national customs, works of Gothic and horror literature, novels like Frankenstein, Dracula, Mummy, all of those, imagery of the skull, a reference to Golgotha in the Christian tradition, serves as a reminder of death and the transitory quality of human life. It is consequently found in the Memento Mora Vanitas compositions. Skulls have therefore been commonplace in Halloween, which touches on the theme. Traditionally, the back walls of churches were decorated with a depiction of the Last Judgment, complete with graves opening and the dead rising, with a heaven filled with angels and a hell filled with devils, a motif that has permeated the observance of this holiday. One of the earliest works on the subject of Halloween is from Scottish poet John Main, who in 1780 made note of the pranks at Halloween, what fearful pranks ensue, as well as the supernatural associated with the night, boogies, ghosts influencing the movies uh, Halloween, too. Elements of the autumn season, such as pumpkins, corn husks, and scarecrows, are also pre prevalent. Homes are often decorated with these types of symbols around Halloween. The imagery includes themes of death, evil, mythical monsters, black cats, which have long been associated with witches, are also a common symbol. Black, orange, and sometimes purple are Halloween's traditional colors. Trick-or-treating. Trick-or-treating is a customary celebration for children on Halloween. They often go in costume from house to house with the question, trick or treat. The word trick implies a threat to perform mischief on the homeowners or their property if no treat is given. The practice is said to have roots in the medieval practice of mumming, which is closely related to souling. Many of the feast days associated with the presentation of mumming plays were celebrated by the Christian church. 
These feast days included All Hallows Eve, Christmas, Twelfth Night, and Shrove Tuesday. Mumming practiced in Germany and other parts of Europe involved masked persons in a fancy dress who created the streets and entered the house to dance or play dice in silence. God. In England, people practiced the Christian custom of souling on Halloween, which involved groups of soulers, both Protestant and Catholic, going from parish to parish, begging the rich for soul cakes in exchange for praying for the souls of their dead loved ones. In Philippines, the souling is called pengangula, forgive me, and it is practiced on All Hallows' Eve, including children in the rural areas. People drape themselves in white cloths to represent souls and then visit houses where they sing in return for prayers and sweets. In Scotland and Ireland, children go door-to-door for food or coins and traditional Halloween costumes. There are several games and activities traditionally associated with Halloween. Some of these games originated as divination rituals or way of foretelling one's future, especially regarding death, marriage, and children. During the Middle Ages, these rituals were done by a rare few in rural communities as they were considered to be deadly serious practices. In recent times, the divination games have been a common feature of household activities. They often involve apples and hazelnuts. Apples were strongly associated with the other world and immortality, while hazelnuts associated with divine wisdom, as we discussed with Samhain. One of the many things that they would do is that unmarried women were told that if they sat in a darkened room and gazed into a mirror on Halloween night, the face of their future husband would appear in the mirror. Creepy. However, if they were destined to die before marriage, a skull would appear. The custom was widespread enough to be commemorated on greeting cards from the late 19th and early 20th century. Another popular Irish game, a person would be blindfolded and then they would choose between several saucers. The item in the saucer would provide a hint as to their future. A ring would mean they would marry, clay that they would die, perhaps within a year. If it was water, they would be emigrating soon. And rosary, that they would be taking the holy orders or becoming a priest, monk, etc. A coin, they'd be rich. A bean, that they would be poor. Excellent. I like that game. It's very similar with the cake game we discussed earlier. So today, with the modern times, today Christian attitudes towards Halloween are diverse. In the Anglican Church, some dioceses have chosen to emphasize the Christian traditions associated with All Hallows' Eve, practices including praying, fasting, and attending worship services. Other Protestant Christians also celebrate All Hallows' Eve as a Reformation Day, a day to remember the Protestant Reformation alongside All Hallows' Eve, or even independently from it. This is said because Martin, Martin Luther is said to have nailed his 75 theses to All Saints Church in Wittenberg on All Hallows' Eve. Often harvest festivals or reformation festivals are held in which children dress up as Bible characters or reformers. In addition to distributing candy to children who are trick-or-treating on Halloween, many Christians also provide gospel tracts to them. One organization, the American Tract Society, stated that around 3 million gospel tracts are ordered from them alone for Halloween celebrations. Some Christians feel concerned about the modern celebration of Halloween because they feel it trivializes or celebrates paganism, the occult, or other practices and cultural phenomena deemed incompatible with their beliefs. Father Gabrielle Amorth, an exorcist in Rome, has said, If English and American children like to dress up as witches and devils on one night of the year, that is not a problem. If it is just a game, there is no harm in that. In more recent years, the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Boston has organized a saint fest on Halloween. Many contemporary Protestant churches view Halloween as a fun event for children, holding the events in the churches where they can dress up, play games, and get free candy. 
To these Christians, Halloween holds no threat to the spiritual lives of their children being taught about death and mor mortality. And the ways of the Celtic ancestors actually being a valuable life lesson and a part of many of their parishioners' heritage. Christian minister Sam Portaro wrote that Halloween is about using humor and ridicule to confront the power of death. So Halloween that we all know and love is still celebrated in some form all around the world. I mean, Halloween obviously remains a popular holiday here in America, but it is funny that it actually didn't even make it across the Atlantic Ocean because the Puritans were so against it. So we can thank all those wonderful Irish and Scottish immigrants who joined us and brought along their customs. Now, personally, um, I covered both Samhain and Halloween because obviously they're, they're so interrelated. Um, Samhain being the more ancient of the forms of, of celebrating, but obviously has trickled down into our modern day mythology. Um, and that's just tempered with that little bit of Christianity that they just had to you know, has had to add it all in. So I hope you enjoyed my topics of Samhain and Halloween. Um, enjoyed Cola's beautiful reading of her oracle. It is the time of year for this. And yes, it is. If you do like listening to us, what's an hour or three hours, really, right? No, or two or ten. <laughs> or two or ten, just like nonstop <laughs> Lena and Cola. Yes. But thank you for joining us once again, as always. You know, like, share, comment. Yep, like, share, comment. You can find Miss Cola there on Instagram at the Kinky Witch Tees. You can find me at the Green Witch Tarot on Instagram, and of course, together, the Coven of Two. We are the Coven of Two. Coven of Two. I like the Coven of Two because you know what it stands for. If you don't know, go check the earlier ones. <laughs> true, we were true. a lot more um, yes. colorful with our language. We were, and we're getting better, but yeah, we're not. <laughs> We say fuck a lot less. Oh, anyway, to wrap anyway. up the episode, thank you guys and come see us next time at Covenant 2. Bye. Bye. The creature that stood on the wooden platform may have been a woman at one point, but that was before they had sheared the hair from its head stripped off its pride and clothing, and paraded it in front of the townsfolk as they threw rocks. But the creature they tied to that wooden platform was no longer a woman. It was no longer human. They wouldn't tie a naked, dirty, bruised woman to a stake. They wouldn't burn a human being to death. A witch, however. A witch they could burn with feral smiles on their face and fervor in their eyes. So a witch it was that they were ridding of the world. It was a public service. The creature stared straight ahead, its face emotionless, as the executioner thrust its torch into the stacks of tarred wood at the base of the platform. The wood caught fire quickly, a curl of smoke reaching towards the velvety night sky. The creature did not look as smoke quickly obscured the multitude of stars and made the executioner cough and back up. The creature stared without blinking, somehow immune to the stinging in its eyes as the smoke wrapped its hazy embrace around her. It counted its heartbeats. It remembered. Time slowed as the fire crept up the stack of wood, crept up towards bloody toenails and bare, skinny legs. Its heart beat once, heavily. The creature remembered life as a little girl with soft yellow curls and bright red cheeks. It remembered running through the fields, shrieking with glee after rabbits and birds. 
It remembered the hot sun on her head and the way the golden wheat slapped against the legs as she ran, heedless of the way the hem of her dress tore passing the thorn bush. It remembered the smell of the man she ran into, the shock of the sweat and the rancid pork fat. It remembered looking up into surprise to see a wide smile with chipped teeth and a scruffy bearded face. It remembered the gleam in his eyes. Its heart beat again, slowly. The creature remembered humming to herself as she stood in the town square, reeling up a bucket of water from the well. It remembered a yellow-bellied bird perched on the edge of the well to look at her with beady black eyes. It remembered the whistling little melody to the bird, and after she had set a bucket of water on the edge of the well, it remembered the group of children running by, laughing wildly as both Bucket and she went flying, once lost into the well, and the other to land hard on the paving stones of the square. It remembered how they screamed horror at her, and how their mothers looked on with stony faces, fiery hate in their eyes. Its heart beat a third time painfully. The creature remembered being used by man after man, sometimes roughly, never happily, beat. The creature remembered growing large with child. It remembered hating it and also fearing for the life of it. It remembered swallowing something bitter, something that made her choke. It remembered being pushing out the stiff, unmoving flesh alone, bleeding on the floor. It remembered the miniature, empty blue eyes. Beat. The creature remembered walking on the street on a cold, lonely night. It remembered the feeling of a hand yanking her dirty yellow braid sharply, pulling her into a dark alleyway. It remembered screaming into an uncaring night, thrashing out with arms and legs. It remembered when the fist suddenly let her braid go as the body of the man fell to the ground and blood started to seep from the dent in the side of his head. It remembered the reflection of the moon on his unblinking eyes. Beat. The creature remembered holding a knife to her master's throat as he signed her papers of freedom. It remembered staring into his eyes, hard with contempt and moving ever so slightly. It remembered his body crashing backwards into his chair as he scrabbled in vain at the gash in his neck. It remembered how he knocked over a candle in his death throes and how the dry wood burned so quickly. It remembered seeing a reflection in the face in the mirror on the walls, the flames shining in her eyes. Beat. The creature remembered running away and finding an abandoned house in the woods near this village. It remembered years of living in peace as the memories slowly faded and were replaced by new memories. A husband a daughter with soft yellow curls. It remembered recognizing the new blacksmith in town. It remembered watching as her neighbor started looking at her differently, suspicion growing in their eyes. Beat. The creature remembered the day she came home from the market and found her home silent, its windows broken, smelling of charred wood. Beat. The creature remembered sitting in front of the empty house, tears drying on her face, as she listened to the sounds of boots marching up the path to her house, it remembered the torchlight through the, the trees. It remembered hearing them scream, murderer, whore, witch. Beat. Light rushed back into the creature's eyes as the memories ran out. It glared out at the townsfolk, its eyes red and glittering in the flickering flames that had risen to rip around its body. Lightning flashed out of the sky, blinding the creature. An acrid smoke rose to twine with the smoke from the dry wood. The townsfolk were no longer screaming. The creature heard only the sound of its own crackling in the flames and nothing more. The woman closed sightless eyes, 
a small smile on her now fleshless lips. Her heart did not beat again.